the the question that comes to mind and uh, i did i did give this some thought <laughs> i'll be i'll be honest a little bit of thought because um we're just getting to know each other now chris um this might be the third conversation we've had face to face or something or something like that and knowing like the the circles that you're in and the people that we mutually know, I imagine there's been some healing and transformation for you um, over the years. And you did mention the other day in your, in your um, call that you, that you hosted something about being a fitness trainer, um, mm-hmm. run, you know, having a sales team, being in a leadership position, obviously running a business and being um, quite successful in that. I imagine experiencing burnout at some point too. Um, the question that comes to mind though is, you know, what is, what's something that has been particularly challenging for you to overcome or that you're still sort of working through? What, has there been anything that you've, that you you've seen as a, a pattern or a recurring theme that maybe you've you found the solution for, but it still comes back every once in a while. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, the one that's immediately coming to mind is <laughs> it was the that last word you said was answer was always having an answer and always knowing. And what I mean by that is that I've, I've spent the large part of my life and my whole career, like controlling variables and like seeking to control every aspect of my life. Um, and I've seen a lot of success in doing that. Like that's, that's also been a really tremendous gift. And many you you hinted at it at, at many intervals in my life i've gotten to this point of just complete overwhelm and now looking back as a somewhat older somewhat wiser man um i just realized that like i was holding and trying to control so much that like it was beyond my capacity i was every minutia of my life i was trying to micromanage and most of them I wasn't aware of consciously that I was doing it. I became more and more aware over time. But this this belief that I actually can control all the things was is and has been one of the hard lessons um, that I'm still still working on. Mm-hmm. Like as I as I as I fire back up like like what I would call like the business muscle man i feel i've said this on a few podcasts i feel the way i did in my early 20s when i was starting my first business i was starting a gym and i was 22 years old and i feel that energy today and so like as that fire is kicking back up i'm also holding describe that energy by the way is that a oh is it do you feel like passionate again is it inspiration Mm. what's that energy yeah it's it's the energy that I could go for a full day doing the activities that I love and not be tired. Mm. It's a, a, it's like a, a deep fulfillment and a passion for doing what I'm doing. Um, and that's like 
that is, <laughs> I think the secret and the fuel to anyone having success in their life is finding like what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge for me is that I, I can take that immediate moment of like feeling complete lit up and like doing this all day. And then I can take that to mean like, okay, I'm going to do that every day <laughs> because I am, <laughs> because I am this fired up and I do have this, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go till, till 10 PM tonight. I, man, I, mm-hmm. the other day I, I'm finishing writing this book. I'm actually about done with the rough draft and I was up at like 3 AM writing <laughs> because that's when I wanted Like that's when it was coming through. And I was just like, so, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. these, this, this, controlling everything and like really just allowing myself to rest and and to be and not always be in the controlling doing state has been one of my greatest lessons and it's also happens to be one of the things that I teach and people resonate with me is because I went through the mm-hmm. hard charging or entrepreneurial career like the 100 hour a week career for 10 years and and it literally it almost killed me like physiologically almost killed me mentally emotionally and so like i can look back in now and smile um but also really hold the reverence of that and remember to to not go back there like not not go back to this place where i'm i'm Mm. i've lost sight of the important things the the beauty in life the enjoyment in life and so that's what i'm constantly balancing is those two things You know, that, that brings up a lot for me personally. Um, it, one, like we have so many parallels. I also like started my first business, a gym at 22, maybe 20, yeah, 22. We're in the works mm-hmm. and then 23, I hope we opened. And, oh, the fire inside of me, man. I felt like <laughs> I could do it all day. And all historically, day. man, historically, um, I had been a procrastinator, um, typically like lazy when it came to certain things like doing work. Um, I say that like, that's hilarious doing work. But, and then like when there's something that just grabs my attention, my interest, mm-hmm. and I'm also really, I feel like I'm good at it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's hard not to, to go all in. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and there's like ebbs and flows, of course, and the hundred hour weeks, you know, I can relate to all of this. What came to mind as you were talking about that and as you're speaking is um, fear of losing that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're, if you can relate to this, maybe mm-hmm. the listeners can relate to this. Like you ever get, you get that dose of inspiration and you find yourself awake at two, three in the morning, writing or doing something or catching up on things, or you're like, I, literally up all night i was up all night last night just rolling around for no apparent reason and it you do the work and you get into it because you're afraid that will go away mm-hmm. at least that's how i interpret it um and it's one of the reasons why you keep going and you don't stop and the power there is in understanding like it'll come back yeah and it's a matter of how you sort of tap into that, that energy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that along the lines of what you understand now? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this has come to me um, definitely later, but just understanding of how most of us learn lessons in growing is by swinging from one side of a pendulum of something to the other. Mm. And so for me, um, and, and I, I, I tell this because I, I took about three years after, after like major burnout and I, again, almost died. My brain exploded. It was, it was, it was stress induced. I was stress induced, killing myself in my early thirties. And, um, it just got to this point to where I, I couldn't anymore. Like it I had reached the last drop in the gas tank. Uh, my body broke. And so, so for me, I was forced to, like I was forced to, and, and, and from that point forward, I took about three years where I wasn't really pushing hard on anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I say that, um, because I needed it because I overcompensated so, so far in the other direction. And so in the temporary, I think there is validity to people worrying about losing it but the what i can speak to with embodied wisdom now is because i've gone through it is that what are you actually losing by setting down this anxious attachment to going mm. and coming back to it because this is really what happened for me as i swung to the other side of the pendulum and i had to see things from the other side and and then i gradually started bringing back in fire and like drive and achievement. And I realized like how authentic it is to me and how much I deeply desire it. And it's not a burden. It's actually excitement. It, it fuels, um, especially for like a masculine being like being living in purpose on purpose is, is the fuel. And so when I embrace that, like, I brought it back in, but in a way that, in a way that, again, sometimes I, I still tend to that old pattern of going a little too hard. But also, once you've seen both sides and really fully experienced both sides, I think you can bring a level of maturity mm -hmm. to your life where you can, uh, I, I called it two minutes or, or checking in It's like, you can, mm -hmm. you can check in on a regular basis and, and ask yourself what you need. Yeah. And in my, in my program that I teach, I have, I have three check-in questions. One's uh, one is related to how are you feeling? It's like, mm -hmm. how are you feeling? What does your heart need? It's a very soft nurturing one. This is more of like the feminine flow. Like that was the one that like you asked earlier was so hard to ask myself and give myself. The second was around achievement and action. It's the masculine. It's it's what's out of alignment. What do I need to do to get it in alignment? Mm -hmm. And so when I started asking those questions, um, and then the third one is where's there tension in my life and how can I relieve that tension? So kind of a different flavor to that. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started doing that more regularly and I check I checked in with myself more regularly, what I could do was control the ebbs and flows down to like monthly cycles, down to weekly cycles, down to daily cycles. Yeah. <laughs> um, and eventually when you get really, really master, you get down to 
to hours and minutes and moments where you can fluctuate between both of those, like going really hard and then immediately just slowing down and relaxing. And um, that's what I've noticed is, is as I swung to both spectrums, I got the gifts. I'm also aware of the shadows of both. And sometimes it takes going a little too far to realize that's not where you want to be. And unfortunately on the, (laughs) on the hard driving part that usually means to breaking yourself down and and letting other areas of your life um fall away Mm. and this is where a lot of men come to me because i've been through it and they're realizing that they've hit this point where for a lot of them work has consumed their health their relationships their peace of mind um and and really everything in between. And um, so I, I like to say the best lesson you can take is like learn to listen to the signs and start to make make tune-ups as soon as you can. But yeah. I know from doing this from a long time, people are going to wait as long as it takes yeah. and then they're going to make a change. Yeah, they're going to wait yeah. until uh, it's almost too late. Almost. Mm-hmm. and uh, Pain. Yeah, there's a fit, there's like a pain point that is too unbearable. And I made mm-hmm. this comparison um, the other day with in a conversation with someone I'm working with. And, you know, he has a job, he has a full time job where he's doing well for himself. Like he actually has the job that he has wanted. He joined this company to, um, because he aligned with the values, he really loves the work that they do, but there's just tension with certain people in the in the company. And it's not enough to make him want to leave right now. You know, it's not mm-hmm. that bad, but it's mm-hmm. it's weighing on him. It's like mm-hmm. it's like wearing a heavy backpack like a rock and <laughs> and eventually that thing's going to feel heavy and you're going to want to take it off. And usually if you get that far, it's, you know, it's done enough damage and that's hard to repair. Like you need more recovery. Mm -hmm. Like you got to keep the thing off for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like he's exploring other options, but that he's stuck in the middle in that sort Mm -hmm. of indecision. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed personally is, and I've certainly been, been there with, you know, we can go back even long, a long, long time, like in, uh, high school girlfriend relationships right where you're just dragging it on too long or then you know mm-hmm. things that you get into in college and you sort of get into the routine of things and it's hard to let go mm-hmm. even though it's uncomfortable but not uncomfortable enough mm-hmm. and so you wait for that pain that like mm-hmm. unbearable obvious pain where it's like if i don't change immediately that something's gonna go wrong like something really bad is gonna happen like that uh bottom Mm -hmm. of the barrel type feeling i'm curious because you mentioned um almost dying and uh Mm -hmm. i'm and and like at that point you had so many things like so many responsibilities things you were trying to control you used that word a few times and i'm Mm -hmm. you know just to give listeners a really specific example what were you um in control of what were you responsible for at that Mm -hmm. point in your life where you realized okay i gotta do something different something has to change 
Oh man, at that moment in time, I was, uh, I owned my gym. I, I in total owned it for 10 years, but at that time it was probably around six, six or seven. Um, I owned um, a nationwide wide healthy delivery company. We shipped organic farm to table meals over the country. And <laughs> I look back and laugh because it's like, it is the perfect business that I needed to realize I cannot control things because there were so many variables and, um, and it was it, it, like, it was wild. I mean, we're talking like, like two dozen employees with like hundreds of thousands of food, pounds of food, like coming in and going like every week and shipping which I, man, I remember I'll tell this brief story. I, mm -hmm. I took a weekend off. I never did it, but I took a weekend off to see, to go to a friend's wedding. And I got the call from my manager that like, there was a storm in Memphis and all the FedEx packages. And, and we lost like almost a hundred grand in like a day because they were just sitting in a warehouse for days and the food all went bad. And it was like, I was, it was at that moment where I actually, that was the moment where I said I was done with this business and I had to move on. But it's funny months after that, when I didn't make the decision and I kept chugging along is when the, um, uh, is when the, the, the brain uh, thing happened <laughs> the brain thing, the brain, uh, thing. <laughs> the brain thing. I know I, I, I tell the long story in my book, but yeah. it's, it's, um, it was basically just stress induced. I was doing the gym. I was doing the, the healthy meal company. I was training competitively as a CrossFit athlete and I was racing Ironman triathlons and I was a business coach to about a dozen gym owners. Like uh, I was oh doing, yeah. 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 And I was recently married and, um, I, I was a real estate investor. I think at that time I had like 10 real estate properties and I was doing that on the side and, um, self-managing. I know, I know a lot I of look, people that are going to love this episode, by the way, just hearing them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's in a way it's fun for me to reflect back um, yeah. and like really realize like what I was in at that moment and also realize like the capacity of what I can hold and mm. what was too much. And so I look back and it's easy for me to decipher what is and is not in alignment, what was and was not too much. And so... Mm. So yeah, I was, I was in, um, uh, do you want me to tell the story, the brain injury story? Sure. You're here. Unless you want yeah. people to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> they can read the book. There's they a lot more good stuff in there. There's <laughs> a lot more in there. So man, I, I like telling this because it, it, for me, I wouldn't have listened to a guy like me hmm. until it was at that pain point and until it was too late. And I tell this story to, to, be a learning opportunity to avoid the massive life-changing event that may be sneaking up on some of your listeners if they're not paying attention. Um, and it, it can come in a number of different ways. For me, it was, uh, it was my physical health and, uh, I was in a CrossFit competition and, um, the under complete, I think it was, uh, I don't know, some open workout or something, but, um, at max heart rate yeah. and I had a barbell over my head and I think it was walking lunges and 
I just felt this grenade go off in my head, like literally explode inside my head. And um, then I came to and I was lying on my back face up and, and every heartbeat that went felt like a baseball bat, like full swing back of my head right here. And um, what was discovered was that I was under so much stress and my body was so constricted and so tight. It was completely, um, it had clamped down on the vagus nerve so much that it couldn't regulate blood flow to the brain. So I didn't mm. think it was getting any. And then you combine that with maximum intensity exercise and that overhead position. It was just like a recipe for disaster. And, mm. um, you know, nothing, uh, he said, like, this is one of the most severe things we can't figure out was what a lot of like doctors told me. Mm -hmm. um, and the only thing that worked for me, I did, I did chiropractic, acupuncture and massage. And really what those things were doing was relaxing the wound up stress, stress ball that I, that I was at that time. And finally, as it melted away, seven months later, I, I couldn't, for seven months, I couldn't raise my heart rate above resting because this thing would come back on and a baseball bat would hit me in the back of the head. So like you're talking about a high level competitive athlete, competitive in business. And I couldn't do either because I couldn't think and I couldn't raise my heart rate. And so I like had to cut the, the probably gram a day caffeine habit or more. I had to, I had to cut like all the things that I was using as a distraction. Um, yeah, I couldn't work out, couldn't work, couldn't, couldn't distract with all these other things. And so that's when I, I finally faced it. And my, my hope in, in telling this so many times is, is that if there's people out there that are feeling this building, building pressure of life um, to invite some little changes in, to help slowly relieve off that pressure. And this is what I learned now and what I teach is you don't have to make these, you don't have to quit your job and move to Mexico. Like you don't have, like you can make little tweaks to slowly, gradually, safely bring yourself into a more aligned, sustainable state. And you don't have to wait to the pain to swing to the other side. So that's why I share that. Thanks for sharing that, man. They, um... Yeah, some some people came to mind for who I'm going to share this particular episode with. Um, <laughs> and what I imagine, and we could we can jam on this a little bit. What I imagine happens sometimes people get these moments like like you described a, a, an injury, uh, this this singular event that's scary and. But it's, again, it's not enough to make them want to change completely. And so what they end up trying to do is actually more. Mm -hmm. They do more. They think it's because they don't have enough of something. They don't have enough money. They, they, uh, things aren't working well in their business. So it's, you know, something slowed down. So they need to speed it back up. Mm -hmm. And so they try adding things. I remember, um, you know, there were, there were some, definitely some high points when I owned a gym and we were doing really well toward the end, but there were a lot of really low points from a 
like membership perspective, financial perspective, like really challenging stuff. And I remember thinking of all the possible ways that I could add, even though I was, you know, there 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. most days. I was like, how can we add more things? How can we add revenue streams or, you know, make this more valuable, whatever it is. And in that process of trying to find more to do, I ended up creating more work for myself, of course, and got less of what I was really looking for, which what I really needed was just like a vacation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I need, I just, I'm like, I just need to put my feet in the ocean or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and not on the rubber floor mats like let me get some real grounding in and um but the the instinct is like okay well this isn't working because i'm not doing enough mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe you're at this point now and someone listening maybe you're at this point now where you are um, struggling to like grow something or uh, maybe a relationship is not doing well and you're like okay what else can i do to make this mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. You know, how else can I, um, what else can I try? And in my experience over the years span, as I begin to let go, and what I, what I like to teach is like this concept. You ever, you ever learn how to play a musical instrument, Chris? Yeah. Actively learning how to play the guitar. Right oh, now. beautiful. Yeah. yeah I, I could <laughs> have several guitars around me right now usually in my coaching sessions one of the weeks in my group course we i pull out a guitar and i explain this concept you know when you're first learning you're you're like trying to learn individual notes right and sometimes Mm -hmm. you you hit the note and it sounds beautiful and sometimes it sounds like twangy it's clunky Mm because you hit the fret a little bit you miss the note right Uh, eventually you can hit a, hit the notes consistently and then eventually you can hit two notes at the same time or you can hit a phrase of notes right i've been playing guitar for like 20 something years so like there's a lot of missed notes and uh as you progress as you can um play chords and play phrasing and feel confident then you could add rhythm and you can actually make it sound like a song. And eventually that song, you become so like consistent, like you can play it anytime with your eyes closed and eventually you can improvise. Mm-hmm. If you tried to improvise, you know, day one, you wouldn't do so well. Or if you tried to play like this complex series of chords, it's like, um, you know, mixing different modes and different keys, it would not sound great. You'd hit a lot of wrong notes. And so as you progress, as you practice, as you build up confidence and speed too and rhythm, you end up shedding anything that's not supposed to be there, which is the wrong notes, Mm -hmm. the missed rhythms, things like that. You also add space. Mm -hmm. There's this um, beautiful term that I learned in college and I studied music in college and the term is syncopation. And it's a it's used in jazz and it's where um, particularly in jazz in other genres as well but really like very obvious in jazz it's where they the intentional use of space use of space between the notes to create a certain like rhythm Mm -hmm. and all it is is removing what's unnecessary Mm -hmm. 
you take out, you take things away so that you have something really beautiful and potent too. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the most beautiful pieces of music, Chris, are the ones that like are so simple. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that can reach the masses. Mm-hmm. Complexity tends to reach just, you know, more niche people. And so how this relates, obviously, I want to relate it to reality and business in some way or leadership in some ways, you know, when you add more complexity to your life, you're going to create chaos, which is attractive to some people, for sure. But it's actually in the process of shedding the layers and, and releasing the things that aren't working so well focusing on the things that work really well so that you could um, have this sort of integration and balance between um, doing and being Mm -hmm. that's where that's like the sweet spot that i find at least Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah i love that (laughs) you can meditate on that (laughs) next time Mm -hmm. you're playing the guitar how long you've been you've been learning how to play oh man admittedly (laughs) um I, I like wanted to clear it up. It was like in the back of my, I was like, I want, I want to be a little more integrity. Sure. Um, I started about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And with the nature of my life, these last year and a half, like I'm in, I've been in Mexico for three months and I didn't <laughs> bring my guitar with me because it didn't fit. And like oh, we had man. so much stuff. And um, yeah. so I go through these periods where I'm like with it and I'm, and I'm like playing every day and picking it up. My, my, my girlfriend is a musician and a producer and a DJ and like, she's, Mm. she's incredibly talented. And so she brings it into my life. She plays every day something and, um, she's a great reminder for that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I'll admit a lot of things have come easy to me in my life. Um, a, a lot of things have come easy. And I think what that means is I've gravitated towards the things that I was naturally good at. <laughs> when mm-hmm. I started doing things later on in my life, like in the last few years, like really stretching myself, I started doing things that I wasn't good at or had never done before. And I realized like, oh, I was just avoiding all the things that I haven't done. Of course, I was good at the things that I like, <laughs> call it like <laughs> like sports i was an athlete my whole life so of course yeah. i can pick up a new sport it's just like this one it's just like this one like yeah you see the and, uh, parallels yeah 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 it's the same same thing with a lot of things in business like i've been doing a lot of a lot of different forms of business and seeing a lot of i've been involved in it for man almost a decade of 15 years almost and so like it comes easy to me when i have a, a business conversation i can just click and music and art like were never in my life mm. um and it's funny like looking back and doing healing work i actually found out like more of why and um it, and like introducing those things into my life are the reminders on a daily basis to just enjoy without productivity or enjoy without trying to get somewhere or just like mm just just to be in the experience of doing the thing yeah. and that's really why i i took up guitar like i would love to to be the guy that like knows all the songs and plays at all the parties but 
if I were to be honest, what I really enjoy is just like, just playing like mm -hmm. with myself and just messing around and just enjoying the practice of not needing to get somewhere. It nourishes a part of me. Um, yeah. And and I, I imagine eventually with that consistently, I'll, I'll get to be that guy that, that has achieved the state that you're at where you're a rock star. You've been doing it for 20, <laughs> 20 years. Um, I appreciate also, that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And and also like I'm using it as a practice yeah. to not um, bring in that pattern to almost like muddy up my my mm. enjoyment of it. Well, so talk I'm, I'm about extremes, man. Talk about mm -hmm. going from one end of the pendulum to the other. Like I studied music in college and that was my dream was to write and compose for like film and, and movies and, and uh, TV. And like, that was what was in my mind. And, and also just like, I, I still have this vision of playing on stage at some, and I haven't done that in years, but it's still present with me. And I rem and I tell this, I've told this story before um, in my own healing work. I went through this story and um, came to this magnificent realization. I had this one professor in my senior year of college in a particularly challenging music class where we had to um, uh, interpret a piece of music, like read a piece of music and um understand why the composer picked the these two notes instead of these two notes and like also be able to hear it and then transcribe the entire thing and essentially it was like we had to write a lot of papers and you know going i i was not the type of person to do work like i'm not doing papers <laughs> um i loved the music though I really genuinely loved it. Like we studied mostly classical romantic period, like Beethoven and, and, um, and Brahms and like music like that. Chopin touched my heart, you know, but I failed the class mm. and I actually never graduated college with the degree. I'd had every credit except that one class. <laughs> <laughs> And for so long, man, I would blame the teacher who was yeah. hard. She was so hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't give me a break. You know, uh -huh. she didn't uh -huh. understand. Uh -huh. And oh my God, it took me so long to recognize and actually go back in time and remember like, oh, I actually just showed up late a lot and I didn't do any of the mm -hmm. assignments on time and I didn't give it my full attention. And, you know, these other things had my attention and it wasn't her fault. And I actually ended up like finding her on Facebook and, and reaching out to her and just telling her how much I appreciate her. And um, that was really helpful and healing for me. But I had, I remember leaving and thinking to myself like, okay, I'm not going to do this for, for a living. Just, I'm just not. And I, I didn't pick up the damn guitar or play the piano or do anything for years as a result of that. And, um, you know, this massive pendulum swing, obviously. And eventually I started getting back into it because I was going through some like dark times, some depression. And while at a, you know, owning my gym, <laughs> experiencing some burnout, and I started picking the thing up again 
just as because I remembered it was an outlet for me. And I remembered it was a way that it was something that would, I can make me feel good. And, you know, the, the, the practice of it. Yes. And also like vibration against the belly, like that feels nice. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, the only reason I pick it up is for that, like playfulness, you know, mm-hmm. that practice and something I recognize that a lot of people have this. A lot of people have something in their life that they've they're married to in a way. It's their it's their work. It's their livelihood. It's their business, and they treat it so much like work. That's how I treated the music and the guitar, the piano. And I invite people to consider like how can you treat that as something you really like? What? Why did you get into it in the first place? Can you go back to that feeling and? and really do it for that reason. And yeah, the outcome and the result is going to be some success, money, right? Things like that. But that's not why you're doing it. When when you can tap into that, oh man, it makes it much easier and, and way more fun. And you actually get more because <laughs> people get to experience that part of you. You know what I mean? Coaching is an example. You have anything like that? Oh. Hmm. Oh. That was the... <laughs> I didn't expect this one to come up. Um when my playfulness like really comes out when I tap into like the timelessness um when I'm around children I did not expect to say that but like when I'm playing and engaging with children like I feel um I feel like a child. I feel joy. I feel, I feel peace. I feel timelessness. And, um, it's, it's like that level of presence in like what you're doing and like just doing the thing. There's no, um, yeah, there's nowhere to get to, uh, Wow, I'm kind of like surprised that, that that came out because there's other things that I could have said, but um, mm-hmm. that feels true for me right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, hmm. Hmm. I was thinking about like the the moment that came up as I was thinking about my nephews. I don't have children of my own yet, but I have four nephews, and all young and uh, wild, and and like I love like just doing whatever they're doing. Like if they're on a beach, like building some fort out of sand, like I'll, I'll do that. Like we're going to chase the, chase the dog around the yard. Like I'll do that. Like I love that too. Um, hmm. That brings out um, the side of me that a lot of times I wouldn't normally bring out or, or, or be seen, um, mm-hmm. but it's like permission to do it. Permission mm-hmm. to, to be totally yourself free yeah Yeah. completely free completely present completely 
um <laughs> like not caring about any of the the real yeah. world <laughs> challenges that we think we have <laughs> as as adults yeah. intentionally say we think we have um yeah yeah because we create a lot of the consequences we create a lot of the negativity mm. and um the more i realize that the more i live my life like it's just one practice play session after another hmm. that's it and i i i i'm not going to build myself up that i'm like this super developed whatever that doesn't get sucked in because i get sucked in all the time and i i care too much like like hold on too tightly about the results and then as soon as I realize I'm doing that, it's like, oh, like this is just another one of those play practice sessions. And when it shit, when that shifts in me, I find this unlimited flow of energy and, mm. and, and also like there's both the fire and there's also peace to it as well. Mm. Like that's what I've been experiencing a lot recently is like, I genuinely like I, I run these free calls and stuff. like I genuinely don't care how quote unquote successful it is. I couldn't have said that even just a couple of years ago. It's like, oh, I need to get this many people. I need to do this. They need to get this mm -hmm. out. Like, I genuinely don't care. Like, I came into that one I ran the other day with just like excitement. They're like, hey, I'm doing this and I want to share this with you all. And a bunch of people jumped on and and have I've been getting messages about how beautiful and powerful and like effective it was i'm like okay like cool mm -hmm. i'll just keep doing that because of that sort of playfulness because mm -hmm. you were there out of pure joy mm -hmm. and excitement to share like a kid who's like excited to go outside and play mm -hmm. i noticed this morning um you know i have a one and a half year old son he's He's learning, he's learning a lot and I can see the things he's trying like new things all the time. And this morning, um, I put on the TV, we had on Sesame street and like, we don't put TV on often, but I, you know, we were just like sitting around whatever and it's on YouTube and they were dancing like on the show, you know, they're, they're singing a song and he's just, he's just standing in front of the television. And he's like trying to awkwardly shimmy <laughs> and I'm laughing because not at him. I'm laughing because honestly, I would be afraid to do that at this point. Hmm. Well, that, and that's not true. There was a long time where I was afraid mm -hmm. to do that, to be seen as someone like to be seen as not good at something, mm -hmm. but who's to judge like good, bad, right? And I do remember as a kid, I would do that. And I didn't give a single fuck. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't even attached. I can tell like he's not attached to the, to the thing because no. as soon as like, you know, that as soon as that song is over, it goes to the next scene in the show. And it's about like counting, you know, elephants or something. And he's like, just gone to the next thing. That's like pure presence, you know? which is mm -hmm. you know and we can analyze this whatever but it's why i imagine you know when you're with your nephews you're just so connected to pure 
like presence mm. and like simplicity. It's easy to get lost in that, you know. Mm-hmm. What that brings up another question, uh, and you know, the audience might have fun with this one too. And I'd love to hear where where you're at with this. Is 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 there anything you can think of where you're like resistant to letting yourself go like for me for a long time it was dancing like i didn't want people to see me and now i don't really know i'll do it but mm-hmm. you know is there anything like that where you still have in the back of your mind like oh someone's watching they're judging i can't be so present yeah you know i would say the the one thing that does come to mind is is singing 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 yeah yeah um Man, I had this I had this moment where this is actually when it became apparent to me because we do this thing where we humans do this thing where we just subtly avoid these places that we feel uncomfortable and we unconsciously shy away from them so we don't have to face them. And so this came like and it's like slammed me in the face. I was at this, this gathering and, um, there was like a group of guys and we were all, all like sharing. We like had our arms over each other, like, like really, really close friends, some of which I knew really well. And some I was just getting to know. And, and one guy's like, we were, we were, it started as we were just having like a a conversation about stuff we were passionate about. I don't know, might've been business or whatever, but, and then just started going deeper and then, and then one guy's like, you guys want to freestyle. <laughs> and I was like, I've never freestyled before in my entire life. Like, and, and this was like a couple of years ago, this happened. And, uh, I realized that, um, I had so much fear. And like, when we were, yeah. when we like got into it, I, I could like feel the fear, like overwhelming my body. I was like shaking and I was like, oh man, like, I don't even know. <laughs> and everybody was so supportive and like I went I like stumbled through it and I was like uh, kind of like cringy through it and like Mm. and I realized like after that happened like it was fun and we all laughed and after that happened I, I had this like moment where I actually went off by myself and I reflected on that of like how I was avoiding that for so long and like as I went through it like fear wasn't that bad like no one judged me everyone like still loved me it was fun like we were playful um and in fact it brought a lightness to it for everyone and then what i realized is like when i I had this uh, like all that weight really just like fell off and and um and then i started freestyling to myself for like 30 minutes Mm. and and like a friend of mine came over, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Just go, like, I'm going like, this is awesome. It, and what it, what was blocking me was like that big weight of, of fear of like, what will happen? And then it was gone. And then like, I haven't to this day been able to drop back into that state. But, um, but one of the actions I did right after that is I did a, a completely like unprepared live freestyle on my Instagram. And then I like posted it and I just like left it, saw what would happen. And that scared the shit out of me. It was like the second or third time I'd ever done it. And, um, 
And I had so many people that were just like, like, well, that was amazing. Like, good for you. And there was like one dude that was like, your freestyle sucks, bro. <laughs> and, and I noticed though, this is, I, I, I noticed though, that, um, I spend more significantly more energy on that one comment than on all the other like positive ones. And it was this acknowledgement that like, I was like, all I was doing with that guy is I was trying to feed into like what I, what I believe to be true about myself is that I sucked at this and then I'm good at it. And the indulging in that guy's comment was like the same reason why, like when we're super depressed, we want to like get a whole bowl of ice cream and a whole jug of ice cream and sit on the couch and like watch these shitty movies or whatever. It's like, we're indulging in these, in these, these muddy, like sticky feelings. And, um, so I, man, it's, uh, wasn't planning to share like the whole arc of that lesson, but there was like so many moments in that lesson mm -hmm. where, um, I had like bringing some consciousness to it. And there was like another lesson to be learned and like I indulge in that part. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so now full, full circle, I'm, I'm going to be taking voice lessons when I get back to Austin, I've already talked to her and we're yes. going to line it up. It's <laughs> been something that's been on my heart for a long time. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So, somebody. oh man, there's a lot of threads there, man. And, uh, good for you. <laughs> We're going into it and and then putting yourself out there like publicly good mm -hmm. for you man it's funny because like the the comment you got that that one comment you wouldn't have paid much mind to it if you knew you mm -hmm. were good at it too <laughs> if you knew you were great mm -hmm. Oh, like you had so much like confirmation and practice and whatever, and you knew you were good. You wouldn't pay any mind to that. But for so long, because you thought you weren't, your your brain sort of looked for that confirmation bias, right? Mm -hmm. It's why we get so like addicted to our routines and our normal ways of thinking and our patterns. I like to say that fear is not really... Um, any bad thing it's just something we're we know we're like not very good at because we haven't practiced it enough and we have this like overwhelming like sense that it's just so big and insurmountable that's where fear sort of taps in oh man one of the things one of the things that helped in that experience and has mm -hmm. helped me in so many experiences is is bringing this is funny to say like it, i work with really serious people and is bringing silliness and laughter to anything immediately reduces the weight of it mm -hmm. and i <laughs> i used to have these like silly prompts for myself or just like so like like silly, silly hippopotamus or something like that. Like just like really silly that would snap me out of like me being like overly serious about something. Mm -hmm. Cause I'd be over, overly serious about the thing. And then I'd be overly serious about my response to it. And it was like this serious loop that was keeping me really stuck in it. 
And so I started bringing like, like, like silliness, everything and laughter. And I realized like, when I do that, A, the thing's not that big a deal. And B, like I give zero fucks when I'm laughing, when I'm like bringing stuff, <laughs> like, I don't care. And um, it, it has allowed me to, it's funny. It's like one of the simplest things that I've done in my personal development journey, but it's brought so much benefit to get me through a lot of things that I was like so rigidly tight about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I imagine a, a lot of, a lot of people have that is like mm-hmm. just this like seriousness about so much in our life. And um, there's that Al- Alan Watts quote about like man, takes what is serious what the gods intended to be play or something like that mm. probably butcher that but it's close yeah. enough yeah and what's coming to mind is just is pattern interruption <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know there's there's the things that you um there's like certain topics that oh you just don't talk about or that you feel that you have to take seriously because it's a serious thing you know, a bit big ones are like money. Money is such a serious thing to talk about, or you know, mm-hmm. business things like that. Like, is it, or do you make it serious? Can you can can we interrupt mm-hmm. that and sort of change the way you feel when you're talking about those things? And and, and just like out of curiosity, to see what happens, right? I do want to ask before we jump off here, you know, you, you're writing a book about leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And you host these leadership men's retreats, right? Why, why leadership? Hmm. Why leadership? Hmm. I see leadership as the access point to individuals taking complete ownership and responsibility for their lives. And I, I also would say I, I didn't choose it. It seems to be the thing that makes me feel alive. it's funny (laughs) because I was just writing about this the other day is like the only thing that really makes a leader with all the qualities and all the books and all the things is when someone chooses to lead, when they choose to lead themselves and they choose to lead whatever the thing is that they're leading, that's it. It's a choice. And so what I'm really speaking to when I talk about leadership is how to reclaim the areas of your life that you've given up your choice or you've been choosing unconsciously and how to reclaim them um, and make choices that are truly for you and not for some thing that you think you should do or someone in Mm. whatever their church or your business or your whatever parents growing up 
mm-hmm. told you you need to do, but like, what is your choice? And so really it's about like reclaiming that. Um, and frankly, I have this vision of, again, I try, I try not to take my work too seriously. Uh, believe it or not, I, I, I really don't. But I have this vision of like how I see change actually happen um, is this one person at a time realizing that they're the creator of their life and reclaiming that and reclaiming like how much power they actually have to have the life that they desire. And this, this could mean in the achievement realm, but it also very much could be just in being happy in laying down the story of suffering and um and i have this vision that i see over and over and over again in dreams and meditations and it's this this map it's like um like at nighttime when the world is dark and i see these like little like one light pop up like over here in california then one light pop up in new york one light pop up in austin texas and then and then I start seeing like little lights pop up around each one of those. And then another ones pop over here. And in like rapid time lapse, like the whole map just starts just lighting up from these like one little sparks. And what I see those lights as is an individual when they fully remain that in their life, claim leadership. And that is a... um has like this spiteful effect that goes off every area and every person that they touch. And so if a way in which we're going to change, uh, still good here. It's all a little, yeah, there's a little breeze. glitch. Should I hear you? We good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I just see it as like, if the way, in, if there's a way in which we're going to make change, it's, it's to be the change. And mm. I think that that comes through taking leadership. Mm. I really appreciate that. The, the, mm. the choice of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, something that I had to learn right over the years is that you can't change other people. They have to want to change themselves and make that choice for themselves. And and if you can do one thing, well, you can lead yourself and, and then be this light for other people so that they could, you know, make that choice when they're ready. Mm-hmm. the stronger your light is though it makes it hard it makes it like unavoidable you know i i imagine the you know you you're a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with right and so if you are the brightest light in that group of five people they're going to sort of orient toward toward that same belief in themselves if that's what you're emanating awesome Chris 
I appreciate all of this time that you gave and um, and the wisdom and the you know insights and and I know that you have your book that you're writing and and your retreat that's coming up soon. Um, would you like to share some something about those if you if you even have space in the retreat or you know anything that you'd like to leave our, yeah. our listeners with? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, um, <laughs> for how I said, I'm not serious about my business. I am very serious about <laughs> intentional about creating these opportunities for people. And so I'm becoming a better some of these things because there are opportunities for people to grow. And, um, I got a lot of them. Um, the book is going to be coming out, um, right now. Publishing date is probably September 1st. So probably a few months from now, but, um, the leadership retreat is May 4th. People can check out all that at, uh, chrisprefka.com. Um, there are spots available and, um, yeah, pretty much anything about about my work can be found at chrismarhefka.com. It's a good place to start. Beautiful. And uh, and you're on Instagram, mm-hmm. pretty active on there. Share with yes, you, you active on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's another good uh, call, like action for people is Chris Marhefka on Instagram. And I mm-hmm. do personally respond to people, talk to people in the DMs. And um, yeah. One one thing I've been I've been practicing is uh, is like generous giving of of my gifts. I, I have very clear boundaries for myself, yeah. And also I'm practicing generous giving, so I can really feel when when someone is in the position where I was five years ago and they just needed help, yeah. And I I had some amazing people come into my life at that time, and gave a lot of their time and energy when I was stubborn and frustrated and I wasn't paying attention and I, and I was lost and, and I received a lot of patience and a lot of compassion and a lot of love. And so I'm in the practice of, of giving that back. Thank you for that, for being someone who's doing that. And, uh, I've been the recipient as well, you know, thank you for, uh, that, that session that you did the other day. That was, um, wow, that was invigorating. And, I didn't watch the video going into it. <laughs> I'll be honest. So I actually had no idea what to expect. It I would help. I liked. I yeah. I get that. Uh, and so um, I'm actually. I liked the practice though, and I'm going to revisit with mm. a specific intention. What I ended up doing was mm-hmm. just checking off my to do list. Yeah. Without stop, you know, I I just went in mm-hmm. and um, it was it was definitely effective and potent for sure um, so i appreciate that thank you yeah all right welcome. man appreciate your time thank you so much and uh I'll, I'll share this all with you when it's when it's ready and published enjoy the rest of your appreciate day it, Chris. Brother. you too bye